Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise is our conversation will be less than fascinating, so you can feel free to drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep as well as follow us on Twitter at Listen and Sleep. We're recording this episode from Woodland Beach in the township of Tiny. Uh, we've mentioned this area on the podcast before. It's where I have my cottage, so we are recording outside. You might hear the sounds of nature or the odd lawnmower motor, or you might hear that motorcycle in the background right now as it zips up the windy roads that make up the township of Tiny. Joining me today, I have the great pleasure of having my brother-in-law, Jim Cooper, joining us. Welcome, Jim, to the Insomnia Project. Thank you, Marco. It's great to be here. Jim, I know that you're a, a great chess player. I wanted to ask you, how did you get into chess? Oh, um, I wouldn't say I'm a great chess player, but I'm an enthusiast okay. anyways. I like it. Um, I've always liked chess. And I first, I think the first time I really started, like, I, when I was younger, my sister Cheryl had a chess set, and she she knew the rules, so she she was able to show me how to play the ba- doing the basics, you know, so how to move the pieces and um, how to set it up and most of the basic rules and I would play once in a while with her and with some other people who are interested okay but it's difficult to find people who are interested in playing chess so you know because it takes time to play um, and um, so I you know when I was younger I played a little bit but then um, later on I met a friend mm-hmm. um, and he he was quite good. He was quite good at playing okay. chess. He still is quite good at playing chess. And he he saw that I was interested, and so he showed me a little bit more. You know, he showed me how to approach the game, 
not just how to move the pieces, but why you might move the piece to a particular part of the board, you know, how to develop your pieces. So when you say approach the game, what does that mean? Like, is it sort of a, a sort of strategy yeah, prior to playing? Exactly, okay. yeah. You have to think about what kind of game you want to play. Do you want to play off in the center? Do you want to attack? Or do you want to be more passive and let let your opponent make mistakes wait wait for your opponent to make a mistake but he also showed me how to better make use of the pieces okay so for instance um, a knight doesn't move very fast but and it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, affect that many squares at once it only can uh, affect a limited number of squares so it likes to be in, around in the middle of the board. Of the middle oh, of the I didn't board, know that because it hits more squares. It can it's able to control more squares. Okay. But a bishop is able to go the whole <clears throat> whole diagonal, whatever diagonal it's on. Right. If there are no pieces, it can it can uh, control a whole diagonal. So it's 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 almost like an archer that can can uh, that can uh, you know sit up in a tree. If you want to think of it in those terms, sure. an archer that sits up in a tree and has has a good vantage point, almost like a sniper, I see. or something like that. But anyways, maybe you know, it's it, the 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 bishop is able to to look along a, a long line, and uh, he also showed me how to use the pieces together, how to coordinate the effort and make. Uh, stronger use of the pieces by having them working together, of course, rather oh. than just like hoping that one piece will wipe out a, another piece of, of your opponent. You you find a way to, because it's 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 a team or right. an army or a team. Of course, those pieces have to work together in order for you to capture the king. So uh, yeah, he showed me he showed me a number of uh, uh, basic principles of how to approach the game, so that. Uh, I could have an interesting game, basically. Right. So it, I, I'm sort of like, I would say I'm a little bit better than uh, somewhere between novice and intermediate. Okay. Intermediate uh, uh, talent there, and he's, and he's 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 a little bit better than that. Amazing. And uh, you've yeah. you've competed in chess competitions, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've entered tournaments, chess tournaments. tournaments. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I should say tournaments. Yeah. And uh, what's that like? Describe sort of the feeling when you get there, and do you bring your own chess board? Oh, um, it's, I like it. Okay. I don't know what it is, I think, because I, I'm a kind, I'm kind of a, kind of a slow person in a lot of ways. Okay. And, uh, so the slowness of the game is attractive to me. All right. And the idea of just sitting down and taking time with with your with your pieces is uh, something I, I I look forward to, um, and it's nice to see everybody else doing the same sort of thing. You know, sure. It's almost like a, a room of it. Be it. It's a kind of meditation in a way. Focused you know? meditation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. So. Um, so I don't need to bring my own board, though. Okay. Because I was thinking of, like, you know, when you see people play snooker and they bring their own cue and right. they'll have it in a little case and they'll open it up and they'll prepare it. Right. I bet you're a great snooker player, Jim. 
having never played with you, but I just, based on what you've just said, a, a strategy and, and finding a sort of zen experience. It, it might, I might be able to do all right with it. I bet you are. <laughs> I can see that glimmer in your eye. But, but back, you might be hearing someone chopping a tree in the background along with these birds uh, on this podcast. So don't be alarmed if you hear, you know, the axe hitting a, a tree or someone yelling timber here in the forest. Uh, tiny but um so okay so you find it very zen when you go to the competition and do you size up your opponents or do you just kind of calmly sit down and, and make your strategy and let the, let the pieces fall as they may i i would i just show up and i and i uh and i sit down and i play you mm-hmm. know i'm i'm the kind of player that um i'm just there for the experience really okay. some some players show up and they have reasonable expectation to possibly win right okay <laughs> I I um, I win some games and I and I and I lose some games and because I'm because I'm uh, still kind of a, a bit of like a you know I I, I make mistakes sure easily. sure so, so you learn from those mistakes right I try to yeah mm-hmm. that, which is also a wonderful thing about a chess tournament often mm-hmm. uh, when you're finished your match your opponent will you can take your, the board out and you can go over the game with your opponent to see what what was happening oh really so, yeah yeah we will talk about the match afterwards so that's really that's a really helpful thing it's almost like a chess uh, tutorial you know because typically I play stronger players than myself sure and so when those guys want to uh, um, take the time to go over what happened in the match it's it's really helpful oh that's fantastic yeah. it's so col- it seems so collaborative so lovely that they would take the time to do that sort of better their opponent some, for future games yeah it can be that way okay it, yeah some players are very very generous with uh, with their time and with their skills so it's nice and during a tournament there's a sort of scoring system you were explaining mm. to me before uh, right how exactly does that work and where are you on that scoring table so Chess players are ra- have a rating. A rating. Yeah, and uh, and it is a way of scoring your 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 level of play, and um, it's a formula. Oh, I see. And I don't know what the formula okay, is exactly, enough. but um, basically, the higher your rating, um, the the if you have a high rating, that indicates your skill level. Sure. If if you play, if a higher rated rated player plays a much lower rated player um, if the higher rated player wins they don't increase their rating points very much oh, okay if they're playing a weaker player right. so someone that's rated at uh, 1800 beats someone that's rated someone like me that's rated at 1400 that's okay. about where I am in right. Canada um, Canada has its own rating oh it does as well yeah it's a uh, I don't know if the formula is different or okay. if the, no, it, but uh, I guess t- um, ratings in Canada tend to be a little bit h- higher than international ratings. Okay. I think I might be off on that, but anyways, it's all it's, good. Yeah, it's like, that's it's kind of like explaining the CFL and the NFL. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's I should mention that's the Canadian Football League and the National Football League uh, for our listeners from uh, overseas who might not quite grab that. But um, so okay. So if a player, but if a player is about even, like Mm -hmm. fifteen to fifteen hundred plays a fourteen fifty player, say that still that uh, higher ranked player doesn't uh, increase that 
that much, but still would, would get more rating points. I see. However, if a lower rated player beats a higher rated player, they gain quite a few points. Really? Yeah, so they might they might go up. If, if, a, if I, at 1400, if I beat a 1600 level player, my my rating points might go up maybe 20 points. Okay. 10 to 20 points, I think. It's been a while since I've actually sure. noted, noted that, but but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it is helpful because with just maybe a couple games, it doesn't really mean very much. Mm -hmm. But over over a few years of doing this, the rating points really do indicate how consistent a player you are. And would you be matched up at a tournament with someone at your sort of rate rating uh, level, or would you just be matched up with whomever, and you just have to sort of go go with it? Um, often at tournaments, you'll have two uh, tiers of play. I see. So, there they'll cut it, sometimes they'll cut it off at seventeen hundred and under, okay. and so you can play in the seventeen hundred and over and under, or you can play in the in the full on tournament where the highest rating rated players might be and where I where I play there would never be a master there okay but there would might be an international master or there might there might be um, there, there there might be I, I played in a tournament where there was an instructor someone who has is strong enough to qualify as as a, as a certified chess instructor um, I didn't even know there was such a thing well I guess you re reach a certain level of uh, your rating level reaches a certain point and and um, and 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 I'm not sure what else is involved but uh, the guy I uh, I knew this fellow when I was working in Lunenburg okay. who worked that's at Nova Scotia folks yes I'm sorry yes yeah no I'm just saying it for our international yeah, of course and if you haven't been to Lunenburg it's such a gorgeous yeah such a gorgeous seaside town it's beautiful there it's beautiful it's there. picturesque it's really when you're there you're like this place is so gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah. It's hard to believe, and all the little towns that yeah. sort of take you around in and around Lindenburg are so gorgeous. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a, it's a class like a typical, um, East Coast Canada, um, fishing village. Yeah. You know, and it's very, it's very calm, and and uh, they have wonderful. Anyways, it's and no, and the people are so lovely. You were saying, they, and they have what? Um, yeah. And they have uh, well, there's lots of. Uh, uh, sailing there and right. fishing, of course, and they have music festivals and a number of art, art-related festivals there. So, sure. so it's a wonderful place. Definitely to check out Lunenburg. Yeah, yeah, we'll, put, right. we'll put a little photo up on our Twitter <laughs> feed so you can see exactly yeah, what yeah. we're talking about. And while I was working there, mm -hmm. I used to go to the a local chess club. Oh, really? I worked there for for about in Lunenburg for about five years. Well, what did you do there? Oh, I, there was a, a yogurt company there. Oh, called Peninsula Farm, and they well, um, I went there to do some computer work for them. Okay, and I ended up staying. I I, I started there as on contract, but then I ended up staying longer because I like working there, of course. And uh, I ended up uh, doing computer work and also preparing yogurt. Oh, <laughs> so. Anyways, it was a small company, well, but we'll have to get some secrets of yogurt on a, a future uh, <laughs> podcast with you, uh, Jim, because that'd be fascinating. Yeah. But sorry, back to so while I was uh, working there, I would go to a chess club on Tuesday nights, and this fellow that uh, was working uh, at a local fish uh, 
plant was there, and this is the uh, the instructor. Oh, I see. And uh, and uh, so he also helped me quite a bit when I would show up, you know, at the club. Very nice, very nice man. Steve Saunders is his name. Well, there you go. And um, shout out to Steve. Yeah, he's 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 doing a lot of running now. <laughs> but anyways, he would he would also show me some stuff with uh, with uh, you know what I should how I can improve my game. He gave me some suggestions. But I would play in some tournaments with him, and and he helped to organize a number of tournaments around uh, Nova Scotia as well. So so yeah. Now tell me, Jim, what is your secret or your strategy? Are you able to reveal that on, on this podcast or will it hinder you in future tournaments? Is there some, some move or like what's your favorite move or your favorite piece to use? How about we start there before I get all your secrets out? I, well, the only thing that might be typical of, of my play mm-hmm. is um, the, 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 I think it's the light squared bishop. Okay. I like to move. I like to move it up in a position, and it's called the Italian bishop. Actually, oh, well, there you go. And uh, and I didn't know. I just like I, because when you move that bishop out early, it gives it, it's it, it it's a good spot for that bishop because it points it points right at the king. So you get you start up early and you're and you're showing that you're 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 gonna have an attack. Like oh, when, so I, when I'm white, I like to put my I like to have an Italian bishop so that I can have a, a sharp attack on on the king. So and who who begins the game? Is it the white uh, pieces or the black pieces? The white. The, the white, white white begins the yeah. game. So that's why you like to start if you're if you're playing white with yeah. this sort of attack. Yeah. That's attack. Right. That's right. I think I think my my opening. I forget what my opening is called now. So various moves are called something as well. Like you've got a sort of series of, of moves that have a have a name. Is that correct? Right. That's right. You have openings. Wow. So you have um, the Rui Lopez is mm-hmm. one opening, and um, the gambits, the king's gambit, the queen's gambit. Wow. Um, the British. Oh no no not the British the English open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there and when you're playing black there are different defenses you can try. I see. So uh, there's like the French defense. Um, some of the names are escaping. Sure, right fair now, enough. But but, uh, but yeah, you can have uh, uh, different uh, different defenses, different style of play, and certain defenses work better against um, certain openings. Are, are you familiar with the tympano defense? No, I'm not. That's where uh, midway through the game, uh, the board gets thrown in the air and the pieces just dance around. It's uh, a signature move that, that I like that, to... That's the tympano. That's the tympano uh, defense, just to throw the board in the air. Oh, my goodness. So, um, Jim, how has chess played into your life? Has, has it found roads into your life, into sort of dealing with anything? Or does it, does it intersect with any sort of daily activity? Um, it might not, I'm just curious, because yeah. you know, a lot of these sort of um, old, I don't want to say hobbies, but these sort of uh, ancient games and ancient sort of traditions, whatever, can really help in daily life or bring something hmm. to your sort of perspective. Sure, sure. It, if, if you play a lot of long games, like tournament-style games, I think that it can start affecting, you know, how you treat other aspects of your life sure. in terms of like how considered the next thing that you do is going to be. You right. Because when you're playing chess, you sit down at the board, you have time to make your moves, um, and in all that time, you just sit there and 
think, you know, what are the different lines that will work, what do you think is, and different line, different lines of play, different moves that you might make will result in a different board and you have to decide if you like how that's going to work or if you want to go in another way. And some players might work better in one way, and some other players might work better if it were a different, right. different move, you know. And that doesn't mean that one is necessary. Sometimes it's, there's an obvious mistake because you lose a piece or something like that. Sure. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm just right. saying there might be two paths that you could go down, right. and both of them might be equally good, but depending on your style of play, one might be better for yourself. Right. So, I mention I, that because, yeah. for example, when I was doing yoga, you know, the practice of yoga can also be med- meditative or um, you know it just gives it brings a different perspective to your to your being at least while you're in the studio but it's nice to approach problems from a more inner peaceful calm sort of manner because right. you see different perspectives right. so I was wondering if chess brings that out in, or can bring that out of the inner person I think it can I think it can really help you just sort of instead of losing it, especially if it's a difficult situation sure. it can help you just take a moment and take stock of what's going on around you and see what's the, what's a reasonable way of, of dealing with the situation without losing your, your head, <laughs> you know. How disposable are pawns? Should they be treated as such or should they be treated as, you know, important pieces within the game? Oh, pawns are very important pieces. Okay. You need, a, you need to use those, the pawns wisely. I see. You have to, a good deal of the game I approach uh, pawn structure. Pawn structure is something that is a, a good thing to uh, to focus on when okay. you're when you're learning how to how to play the game. So tell me more about pawn structure. So uh, the pawn structure is like it's almost like the framework or the backbone of, of the game. It's mm-hmm. it's it's how the piece. For me, I, I think of it uh, uh, as something that the pieces move around. So it's it's something that uh, it's possible to have a, um, a good strong foundation for your game and pawns. Um, I'm trying to think of. A, um, I always see them as just little pieces, and yeah. once they're gone, that's when the game begins. So clearly, I've been playing. No. Uh, a, a chess that would not be uh, right. you know, appreciated by the masters, to say the least. As you advance your pawns, you, mm. you, you, you uh, almost lay claim on territory on the board. Okay. And so you can advance your pawns and also making use of your pieces to control territory as well. Sure. Um, if you're down a pawn, if, you, if your opponent has one more pawn than you, and that's mm. the only difference in terms of your of your um, the, status it, in the game or the yeah. moments in the game yeah that's the only deficiency like right. you you both have the same number of pieces you're just down one pawn depending on the level of play that can be almost game over really like in a master level a master's level losing a pawn being down a pawn it's almost well that's when when you're down you start thinking of how you can draw the game rather than win the game oh. So they're very, it's very important, and, and, and of course the stronger you are, those smaller differences become mm-hmm. exaggerated. Uh, the lower level play, there's lots of fluctuation. Sure. So uh, you try to, uh, anyways, you try, you try to uh, uh, keep those pawns, eventually if, 
if everything is equal and you have a pawn um, and you, you're, you'll try to advance that pawn to your opponent's back rank. So Meaning the back line? Is yeah, that what it is? that's, that's right. Where, the bank that back one where, where, where your opponent's king and queen start off. Okay. You try to you advance your pawn to uh, that rank and um, you can promote it to another piece. Meaning? So, meaning your pawn becomes a queen. Oh, I didn't know that. Right, right. So you could have two queens on the on the game if you get your pawn. I had no idea. Clearly, I've been playing chess incorrectly. I've already learned so much just talking to you. If you have eight pawns, you can possibly have nine queens on the board. Really? Yeah, every pawn can be promoted to a queen if you have them all and you do it all. Speaking of the queen, though, the queen only does a small little move. Like, she, she can only move one one square, correct? Mm, no, that's the king. Oh, that's the king. Okay. One square at a time. The queen can do anything, The right? queen can move. The only move... The queen is only limited by pieces that are blocking her uh, her mo movement. You can see how well I played play chess when I say that the queen... What's, what's interesting is that um, Jim was helping me bring something up to the attic of the cottage, and he's like... Oh look, there's a chess there's a chessboard there, completely covered in dust, in the back corner, not near any of the other games we play at the cottage. So Jim, you and I are gonna have to break, just blow the dust off that, and you're just gonna have to give me a, a sort of lesson in chess, because clearly I, I don't know where I'm where I speak from. We can have some fun. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, can you have one, more than one king then? Or, does, or is it just one king per... Like if I bring my pawns to the back line, mm. they can. you said they can be any piece? That's the only piece That's, it can't be promoted to okay. as a king. You can, you can only have one king. But you can promote that piece to a rook, which is the one that looks like a castle. Right. Or a, a knight, which is the one that looks like a horse. horse. That really moves is, in kind of an L shape, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's the only move that the queen can't do. Oh, is the, is the horse's yeah, move, or right. the, uh, sorry, the knight's move, yeah, right? that's right. The knight has the ability to jump over pieces. See. That's the unique ability that it has. All the rest of the pieces can't, if, if a piece is in the way, you can't jump over it. You have to... Uh, find another way. <laughs> and you were mentioning draws. So are draws looked down upon in a tournament or can they help oh, the, can... Novice, um, the novice player? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in a tournament, um, especially if you draw a, a stronger player than yourself, that's quite an accomplishment. You know, if I, if I were playing it, someone who is at an 1800 level player, being a 1400 level player myself, mm -hmm. A draw against that player would be a, a, a really solid game for me. Oh wow! Know, because and it would give me half a point. Oh, it gives yeah, you a point. Yeah. Does it demote the stronger player? Or? Yeah, oh, as far as the rating. So there are two things at play in a tournament: the right. points to win the tournament, but also your own rating points. So that's that, like that the rating points would be the broader, you know, part of your chess uh, life, and uh, the points would be specific to the tournament. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So points are just wins, losses, and draws. So if I had two and a half points, that probably means I had two wins and one draw. And that's probably not enough to, to place. <laughs> you know, you need to have a pretty strong... Uh, most players do, do quite well. They get five wins or four, four wins, and that gets them first or second place. Wow. You know? And these tournaments last days, correct? They, they or can, is it a weekend? or? Typically, well, 
typically it's a it's a weekend for for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never be able to do any other kind of tournament. I see. And I haven't done one for ages because uh, it does take all your time. It's like a complete weekend where you would play fri- possibly Friday night game, three games on Saturday, and three games on Sunday. So you could possibly have a seven. G- I've played in tournaments where there were were seven seven games. Oh wow! Seven game turn and each game. Yeah, lasts. how long can they last? Like, is there a time limit, or is it like, no, this is a tournament. You go until you go. No, time is definitely part of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so you have a certain amount of time to to make all your moves, and uh, you have two and a half hours per side. Wow, that's like there are different time controls in different tournaments, but typically the ones that I played in, uh, each side gets two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So that's possibility of five hours um, and uh, the way it works is um, you would have one hour to make your first ten moves mm-hmm. and then uh, and if you can't make your first ten moves in, in one hour you can lose on time there as well Wow! yeah so uh, which I've never seen that happen but, but it's, it's possible it's a right. possibility and then um, after after those first ten moves you have the rest of the time. So if you if you make your first ten moves fairly quickly, you can bank that time and use that for the remainder of the game. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for all this uh, sort of you know discussion on chess, and I, I invite you the next time you're in town that you and I will open up the chessboard, sit. And we'll play, and as we play, we'll record a podcast so people can hear you sort of being my instructor and helping me learn the art of chess. That's a great idea. Amazing. I'd love to do that. Thank you, Jim, once again for being part of the Insomnia Project. As always, we are produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded in Tiny Township on Woodland Beach. <laughs>